realized? I mean, are we on a precipice, or is this really showing that the underlying fundamentals are still good? Because the world is, is I mean, the world, they're, they're, I've seen, you know, Jamie Dimon and others say they've never seen things more concerning. Uh, this, the geopolitical, the economic backdrop, it's really frightening, even more, more so than, than normal. I think he's right. I think there's a lot of things that are frightening. The thing that frightened me is, frightens me the most right now, um, I have to say from a market perspective, is uh, bond yields and the fact that without, in the absence of quantitative easing, in the absence of Fed buying treasuries, treasury yields are going to move higher. Uh, and that's because our spending is out of control. We're running a budget deficit that's 5.5% of GDP at full employment. Uh, we've looked over the past 70 years, we've never run a budget deficit of 5% of GDP when the unemployment rate wasn't above 7 and I always tell people, if you want to see what Donald Trump's going to do if he gets reelected, don't think about him lining up people uh, against the walls and having them shot. Just see what Orban has done in Hungary, yeah. where he's bragged about having a liberal democracy and he's wiped out the judiciary. He's wiped out the free press. And Anne, I suppose that's probably what Donald Trump will look for as a blueprint if he gets elected again. Well, one thing we know he'll do, and there are, there are plans floating around that indicate that he'll try, certainly he will try to eliminate the civil service in the United States, public administration. And while, you know, civil service can always be reformed and we can have legitimate arguments about it, um, the idea that he could fire everybody and replace them with loyalists, in other words, with just people who are loyal to him and who aren't necessarily qualified in any other way, that is exactly what Netanyahu did. That's exactly what he's being accused of right now. Um, that is exactly what law and justice did. You know, they brought in uh, people who weren't competent, but instead were, you know, somebody's cousin or somebody's wife or somebody's, you know, some party member to run, yep. to, you know, to run the state. And, and that is incredibly dangerous. You know, you just don't know um, what what you're opening yourselves up to. And in the case of Netanyahu, I mean, at the very least, we know for a fact that the aftermath of the Hamas raids, in other words, cleaning up those towns and villages that were attacked, all of that has been done by volunteers, including some of the volunteers who were organizing demonstrations, because the government is now pretty incompetent, and they were not able to come in and help um, in the aftermath. Uh, you know, and that, that's the kind so of uh, disaster that we, that we could also face. Decide, declined not to rally votes to try to convict him in impeachment, which would have prevented Trump from running again. So where does Romney see this going in the next couple of years? You know, when he entered the Senate uh, in 2019, he had this sort of uh, quaint idea in retrospect that he could steer the party back toward uh, its sensible recent past, right? He believed that all the, the Republican caucus in the Senate really needed was a voice of sanity and that, uh, that there were still a lot of good people in the party who were just scared to speak up. Um, over the, the next several years, and I, I was talking to him through a lot of this, he became more and more uh, aware that that, that wasn't going to happen. He, he told me at one point that, you know, I thought that there were more of us and, and just a few of them, speaking of kind of the pro-Trump MAGA wing of the party. And over time, I realized, oh, there's way more of them and only a few of us left. And so I, I think he's worried about the future of the party to the point where I'm not sure uh, you know, how, how much he'll even continue to identify as a Republican. Look, I think what you're seeing right now and among the Republicans in the House is a direct result of the decisions that Kevin McCarthy made to uh, embrace uh, Donald Trump.
Trump to embrace the most radical and extreme members of our party, to elevate them. Um, so it's not a surprise that we are where we are, but, but it's a disgrace and it's an embarrassment. And there certainly are serious people uh, among the Republicans. Uh, I hope that, that one of them, particularly, I think it's important somebody not be an election denier. And I also think everybody should be asked tomorrow night at the candidate forum about this issue of Ukraine assistance. And they should be asked from the perspective of, we face a global challenge, an existential threat, mm -hmm. and how in the world could anybody defend at this moment uh, surrendering to one of our adversaries? But if it came down to it, even though you disagree with Joe Biden on almost every issue under the sun, other than maybe Ukraine and Israel, would you vote for him over Donald Trump? We're going to see what, what happens. We're going to see how things unfold. I think Donald Trump is the single most dangerous threat we face. I would imagine that there will be a number of other candidates in the race. Um, would you be one of them? I think I'll tell you what I'm what I am definitely going to do. I'm going to spend the next uh, year between now and the election, certainly helping to elect serious people, helping to elect sane people um, to of, Congress. Of both parties? Yes. Uh, because I think that that we could well find ourselves in a situation, given what we know the Trump folks are doing in terms of attempting um, to question the results of the election. We don't want a situation where the election is thrown into the House of Representatives and Donald Trump has any possibility at all of prevailing under those circumstances. So we've got to elect people who believe in the Constitution and who take their responsibilities seriously to Congress. So I'm going to be spending a lot of time doing that in addition to other things. But you're not ruling out a presidential run? No, I'm not. Okay. And we'll see you when your book comes out. Thank you. I look forward to it. What we've done in our politics is create a situation where we're electing idiots. <laughs> and um, and so I, I don't look at it through the lens of like, you know, is this what I should do or what I shouldn't do? I look at it through the lens of how do we elect serious people? And I think electing serious people can't be partisan. People have pointed to a lot of these concerns for, for quite a while, and then the government steps in and does something to change it. That's it right. what, what would stop the Fed if things get really out of control from bringing back QE? No, it's a great, and, and listen, we, we brought back QE for a short period of time after Silicon Valley right. Bank failed. Right. We, uh, we, we, switched, opinion, we switched course this year, but when I say this, people are like, oh, that's not going to happen for a very long time. We switched course this year. No, it's, it's, and it's, it's debatable whether I, I personally think it's a decent bar bet. Uh, no one would ever know. But if we let Silicon Valley Bank fail, I'm convinced we would be in recession already. Mm -hmm. uh, but we didn't. We, the Fed flooded the system with $400 billion of, uh, of assets. Uh, we essentially uh, backed so we every, still have every, Fed put every deposit. The only forever. Now, Wait, like, how do you, know, you ever I, get convince I, people there's not one? I, I think the only difference now is that uh, two things that are different. One is that inflation is a binding constraint. Where if you, in, in many ways, as I've said before here, the Fed is fighting the federal government to bring inflation down. So if you're serious about bringing inflation down, it's hard to do it if you're running massive budget deficits. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is that interest expense on the debt is now spiraling out of control. So again, the Fed could step in and buy treasuries uh, as they've done before, but it's it, it, something else will pop out someplace else and that'll be inflation. So there's nothing stopping the Fed from doing that, or the, the, the Fed put. It's the just that you're, it's very hard to, to get it all set so that you have high growth and, well, and low inflation. At least we have our political act together. This is the primal scream of a dying regime.
pray for our enemies. Because we're going medieval on these people. Christians not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It is Monday, 23 October, in the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, welcome to the War Room. I want to go back to, um, and, and, and to make sure that you fully understand how we try to keep you months and months and months ahead of where the, uh, where the apparatus finally talks about it. The entire cold open are topics that you, this audience, have been on top of now for months and months and months and months and months. I want to go to the economic part first. Which frames everything. Uh, this is the, this is Murdoch's Wall Street Journal, and normally I'm on the editorial page because it's the Carl Rove, Paul Gijot. They're always wrong. They hate MAGA. They hate Trump. By the way, there's an article that one of the engine room uh, folks sent me an article that Fox doesn't do live interviews with Donald Trump anymore. The only candidate out there, of course, he's he's crushing the Keebler elves, but they don't do they don't do any live interviews with the leading president. Going to have be very tough. Murdoch news uh, when uh, when Trump's back in the White House. Anyway, on Saturday's paper, we didn't get a chance to do this from CPAC and in, in, uh, Vegas. Uh, your 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 investment strategy is broken. Your investment strategy is broken, and that's what Jason Tennant was Trenner was talking about. Who's a friend of the show and on here a lot. He's got a big analysis about where we are, but. But they say right here, prices of stocks and bonds tend to move in opposite directions. Investors who rely on a mix of both to make money in good and bad economic conditions may tend to rethink their portfolios when assets move in tandem. This is Bidenomics right here. You've got the S&P. And for the people on radio or in podcast, you've got to go to the War Room site, sign up for the newsletter. You get all the you get all the. Uh, graphics, you get everything we put up. It goes with the show. If you want the deep, immersive experience right there, you see the combination of stocks, bonds, everything getting crushed, the bonds losing 50%. And they've got this subtitle. i got to read this because you'll love this. Wall Street's boilerplate mix of stocks and bonds, the venerable 60-40 formula, that's 60% stocks, 40% bonds, isn't cutting it anymore. That's upending retirement planning for millions of Americans. This is why we need everybody out there uh, to be checking your portfolio. We don't give personal financial advice here. We do a lot of macro, but we don't talk about your personal finances. That's for you to decide. We try to lay out what the reality is um, in, in, uh, in capital markets, in economics. This is all being driven. You're being crushed. The bond, your bond portfolio has probably lost 50%. These are, <laughs> this is not junk bonds, and you're not even buying corporate securities, if you, which got crushed anyway. But if you were buying government bonds where your broker told you, oh, yeah, it's money good. You've lost 50% of the value of your portfolio. You think that might upend a, uh, might upend a, uh, a retirement plan or two? Here's the reason. And this is the reason for this fight to the House today, where they're going to go through a process. I think they've got nine folks, including Tom Emmer. Remember, Tom Emmer's the biggest of all the never-Trump uh, congressmen out there. He's a guy that hates Trump, badmouths him all the time. He went out of his way to make sure when he ran NRCC 
to make sure he killed the Joe Kents of the world and all the uh, all the pro MAGA anti-establishment candidates. It was Emmer was the guy that took him out. Uh, a super bad guy, and he's running today. So, and I want to put it in perspective. Once we take Emmer out, this is what you've accomplished. This has never been done before in American history. You've taken out the Speaker of the House. You've taken out the majority leader to be Speaker. You've taken out Jim Jordan, and Jim Jordan 2.0 was part of leadership. And as you know, the reason I believe he did not get across is was not a. It was more of a Fox thing than a MAGA thing. Jim Jordan was more of a conservative than a populist nationalist. He had lost his fire. He had lost ever since he joined McCarthy's leadership team over the last couple of years had been weak. And, uh, and of course, in the last year, people have been underwhelming. Jim Jordan's a good man. He's a solid man. But you can tell it's just not the fire there. Then if you take out Emmers, who's the whip, in less than three weeks, the, the people, the populace, the MAGA, the deplorables, you have taken out basically – 12 years of leadership, what they've worked on for 12 years as the cartel's leadership apparatus, its whip operation, the McCarthy staff, the Scalise staff, you, with your phone calls and your muscles, and oftentimes with your congressman not even working with you, you have destroyed the cartel's control of the Republican side of Capitol Hill. If you take out Emory, look at the other eight, hey, there's some good people there. There's some. We put up a chart to make sure that you see where they voted on the debt ceiling and others. It's, it seems to me if you voted for McCarthy's debt ceiling deal, the worst in history, you can't possibly be considered a serious candidate. But we'll leave that forever. The first thing to do is to stop Emmer today. Once Emmer stopped, just want to repeat this, you have decapitated the what they've invested with the cartel, the lobbyists, the corporatists, Wall Street. They've invested over 12 years. This is their team. And remember, it's all those staffs. It's all those political operatives. It's all the... Jeff Miller's of the world with uh, with McCarthy decapitated you. This audience did that. Nobody else did that. You did this. You did this by by the pressure campaign. This is why they were crying. The pressure campaign doesn't work. The pressure campaign doesn't work. Two zero two 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 five three one two one. We still have a lot of work to do this week. And remember, the this is how desperate it is McCarthy. Uh, believe me, thinks he's coming back. Why do I say that? Look at the Hill. The lead story in the Hill is that McCarthy's needed if if uh, the House is to get control of the spending. I'm not making this up. He basically says he's the only one that can deal with the CR and to make sure it's not omnibus. He's pitching you hard, ladies and gentlemen, this audience, to let him back in. I think we got the answer. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Yep, that's it. Not going to happen. Okay, we got a lot of work to do. 202-225-3121. Let them hear from you up on Capitol Hill. We're going to go to Midtown Manhattan next and see the collapse of the United States of America in living color. Next in the world. Last month, the G20 announced a plan to impose digital currencies and digital IDs on their respective populations. No, I'm not making that up. That is a fact. Central bank digital currencies essentially allow the government to track every purchase you make. They could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products or easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. Let that sink in for a second. In essence, they enable the government to take more control over your personal finances. Concerned Americans are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, you should call Birch Gold 2. 
But learn for yourself. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and they'll send you a free info kit on gold. The easiest way to become a Birch Gold customer, if you have an IRA or 401k from a previous employer just gathering dust, Birch Gold can help you convert it into IRA into gold. And you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Let me repeat that. You don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text Bannon to 989898. Claim your free info kit on gold. Then call Birch. Because if digital currency becomes a reality, and trust me, they're on the path to make it so, it'll be nice to have some gold to fall back on. It's only worked for 5,000 years of mankind's history. Let Birch Gold work for you. Bannon. 989898, text it right now. So these are all the scooters with no license plates. It's like they got a new intake. No, it's public. Yeah, I'm with media. Uh, Real America's Voice, are you? Well, you, then go inside. Then you gotta go inside, man. Outside, I can film. Yes, I can, man. It's public, where are you from? I work here. Okay. Who do you work for? We don't have to, but when you're outside in public, what's that? I'm, I'm covering what's happening here at the hotel. So I'm just filming it for the news I work for. Are you guys, do you guys work for an organization? Okay, no English. Thanks, man. We're bringing more in. We're at the Roosevelt Hotel. You've got all these uh, scooters, some stolen, no license plate, all parked illegally on the street. This whole hotel, 400 plus rooms. Just coming down to show you the impact of what Biden's doing on our southern border. How you doing, man? Did you work here? No? Almost all fighting age men. Senegal? Mauritania? No camera? Senegal, Mauritania? Senegal, okay. Bring it in. We got Ben Burkwam. Ben Burkwam's Ben Burkwam's normally in the Ben Burkwam's normally in the Darien Gap or on the southern border. Uh, he's in Midtown Manhattan. I just want to make sure. I just talked about the Wall Street Journal's. You got to read this. Where your your investment your investment strategy that your broker's been telling you been had you in for the last twenty years of your life. You're wrong. Not they're wrong. You're wrong. Did that lessen any of their commissions? Just ask that. When you check the bond portfolio today and they tell you your government securities are at 50 cents on the dollar, can you ask them, hey, did that cut your, did that cut your fees at all when you bought these things for me? Also, an incredible article. I, didn't get, I only can mention it on, on Saturday. Matt Gates by the great Molly Ball, the Wall Street Journal. This is like, I don't know, a 5,000-page article with an amazing picture of Gates. All the work Gates has been doing has no regrets. It's not chaos. Remember, it's decapitating the entire leadership, the entire leadership. Twelve years of the cartel. Okay, and what they've brought us, remember, they give you all the lip service. Oh, and I don't want to hear any more Republicans say, I want to secure the southern border. I want limited, I want limited government to secure the southern border and fiscal responsibility. Because you don't believe in limited government because you continue to fund the administrative and deep state. You don't, care, you don't care about securing the southern border because you haven't done anything about it. No, passing a messaging bill, H.R. 2, is not it. You should be down the southern border laying your body across there so they can't come across. That's the action we want to see. And you're fiscally irresponsible. 
Bregman, this Marine Corps general, is running. One of the guys running. He voted for the debt ceiling, and his pitch was it was the biggest, had more conservative wins on cutting budget than ever. He still doesn't get the joke about the two trillion dollar deficit we just had, about all the lies and all the cuts are in the out years. They're all meaningless. They still believe this stuff. They still believe this madness. Uh, ben Burkwam. This, they're, they're trying to pass the supplemental. We haven't even, the ink is not even, they haven't signed the $7 trillion spending bill, right? They haven't signed that yet. Um, but they've got $100 billion supplemental. And, and, the, sucker, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the cheese for the, uh, for the Republicans, we're supposed to be all over it, because there's $14 billion in border security. That turns out is a lie, sir, because as you break it down, and Neil Monroe Breitbart did a magnificent job of doing this, uh, I think it's up uh, this morning uh, on their site, Neil Monroe's story. Almost all of the $14 billion is just to move them and process them as quickly as possible to the Roosevelt Hotel, sir. Tell me what you see there. Yeah, Steve, no, it's all BS. That's the nicest way I can say it. Total BS. We're out in front of the Roosevelt Hotel. Uh, it's all about transporting the people from the border. And you may ask, well, why are you not on the border? Because it doesn't stay on the border. All of this, this is one of 20 hotels in New York that's being used to house illegals. You can see all these illegal scooters over here on the sidewalk. I want to walk you over here. This is where, if you pass this, if Republicans, if you sign on to this, this is what you're going to be signing on to. You're going to be signing on to millions of dollars. The, we're going to head down right after this to the Rowe Hotel. That's, they're paying $60 million. But I want you to look inside this room. All fighting age men. This is coming through every single day into America. This is the Roosevelt Hotel. But there are 20 other hotels just like this, guys. This is what your tax dollars are going to in America right now. Every day, every day, every day. That's what they're doing. And, and they're going to have $14 no, billion hang, more hang, dollars hang on, hang, to transport hang, yeah. To bring the 14 more people billion, in. It's, the Roosevelt Hotel is like not somewhere over in Queens or over by JFK Airport. The, the Roosevelt no. Hotel is in Midtown no. Manhattan. I think, I think on Madison Avenue, Paul we're, Stewart. We're a block off the, of Fifth. Uh, all, all the big stores. Yeah, we're a block off of Fifth Avenue. <laughs> yes. Right yes, there in the heart of it. We're a block of off of Fifth Avenue. Right by the, the way, heart of it. by and, the and, way, Steve, this is owned by, by the, as uh, irony, this is owned by Pakistani Airlines, just to put a little salt in the wound. Yeah, for Salt and One, we sold it to them, and now they're making more money than ever because, book. Eric Adams also, now it's a sanctuary city. He won't back off that. He goes down, the, he, he goes down and mumbles some stuff down in Mexico. He says, oh, please don't come. He hasn't backed off them being a sanctuary city because the left has, has, you know, has, a, has a bayonet to his back. He's going to be looking for, in fact, part of this $14 billion is a bailout of these Democratic cities. In buried in there is a bailout yeah, of Chicago. Exactly, it's a bailout of the sanctuary exactly cities. That's exactly what this is. This it's exactly. We don't what need this is. one more penny. We don't need one more penny of any of this nonsense. You need. We need to start mass deportations. Mass deportations. We and don't need worse, another Steve, penny on this. It's pen. worse than that. It's 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 worse than that. It's paying off the organizations, the United Nations, and all of these NGOs that are profiting off this. That's what we're paying them to invade our country. That's fourteen billion more dollars to pay for the invasion of America. Not to stop it. Not one dime of that's going to go to actually stopping it. They're just going to invite more in. Uh, ben, uh, ha how bad is this going to get in New York City? I hear there are 4,000 a week, four or 5,000 a week still showing up. 
and Eric Adams is looking for more money yeah, to pay for it. That's what's in this day. budget. By the way, remember, when you talk to your congressman, not one penny for, quote, unquote, border security. It's not for border security. It's for processing the invaders deeper into the United States. Uh, what is your sense in New York City of what's going to happen? Oh, it's terrible. I've, I've been talking to shop owners. A very few are willing to go on the record because they're afraid of getting attacked. But the crime that's coming with this, all of these scooters, illegal. The, I guess the, the police have come through. They come through about once a month, pick them up. Uh, drug dealing, if you would have finished that video, you can you watch the rest of it. I actually witnessing drug dealing out on the streets. We're inviting in criminal elements, Tren de Agua out of Venezuela. We're inviting in cartel members from all of these countries. You're talking about exacerbating the already. And, and, and ironically, one of the guys was actually wearing a BLM min, uh, Minneapolis shirt. So you take all the bad things that are going on in America, and then you bring in people from third world countries that have no love for our country, and you just say, here you go. Now uh, throw them into the cartels. That, you just, you exacerbate the problems in America. It's going to get really, really, really bad. Ben, if we, if we let you go, maybe you could go set up. I want to show people this is just not the Roosevelt Hotel. I think you said there's 12 or 15 yep. hotels like this. Maybe you can go road. over and set up at the... So, so, yep. so go to the row and we'll get you back on as soon as you're there. Ben Burkwam is and, on the loose just in to give you an, Manhattan. And, and to give you an idea, just, just yep. to give you an idea, this is a thousand room hotel. I, I said 400 in the video. I underestimated. It's actually over a thousand rooms. The row is 50, almost 15, 1400 rooms. We're going to head down there now. Okay, brother. Ben Burkwam live in Midtown Manhattan. He's going to go to the row. Another one. I think the row hotel is over by, uh, over by Times Square. Uh, this invasion, you're paying for it. There's, I think, they admitted 5.7 million of the invaders are being fully underwritten healthcare, uh, food, lodging, and they got them set up in nice hotels in New York. Like I said, the Roosevelt's not a not a not a top quality hotel, not not premier quality, but it ain't too shabby. It ain't too shabby, and it's in Midtown Manhattan, right there past Grand Central, right there, right next to to Madison Avenue, where a lot, where really the it's part of that part of Madison Avenue where the boutiques kind of start. So this is in the heart of Midtown Manhattan. And look, it's all fighting age men. It's all fighting age men. We're going to get to that. The Chinese Communist Party has sent a flotilla, a squadron of ships to the Persian Gulf. We're going to get to that with Derek Harvey. I just want to go back because we have a lot of work for us to do uh, today. 202-225-3121. 202-225-3121. McCarthy's up. That's the lead story in the Hill. McCarthy, I'm not making this up. You've got to go to my getter account if we can put this up, if Grace and Moe can put this up so all the live chat can see it. The Hill newspaper, his, his team is actually arguing we have to bring McCarthy back because he's the only one that can save us on the spending on the CRs and the omnibus. McCarthy's hands in back of all this. This whole play from the beginning is a restoration project. First Scalise, then Jordan, and now Emmer. This, and by the way, Emmer's the never-Trumper, so Emmer's got to go. But in this, it's just don't think you've got the, the other... Eight to go. McCar- the specter of McCarthy and, and what McCarthy represents is the 10 or 12 year, 15 year investment by the cartel and how the system runs. And how does the system run? You get bills like uh, like this that come up that they say it's border security. It's 14 billion dollars and everybody's getting paid off. You get the Ukraine situation. Right. Already spent 112 billion dollars, 113 billion dollars, 120 billion dollars. They want another 60 to 80. Um, even in the situation in Israel, which you got to go through what they're requesting, right? You got to go through all of this. Even the even the Taiwan situation, you got to go through that. We're big supporters. You got to get cash. You got to get money in arms to Taiwan ASAP. This fight is the first time, and that's what the 
the Magnificent Six gave us in January, and then the Heart Eight gave us uh, when Matt Gates so heroically went to the House floor, is for your voice, the first time in history, your voice, you have taken down the leadership part of the apparatus. But the specter of McCarthy is still overshadowing. Don't think that they haven't gone away. Read the Hill article. You'll have a belly laugh out of that, where he's the only one that can really save us from ourselves. He's the only one that can really bring in, you know, everything's chaotic. He's the agent of chaos. The cartel is not, I told you, they're not going to pat you on the head and say, what a lovely idea, we're going to toss you the keys, MAGA. That's not going to happen. You're going to have to fight for this. we got a lot of fight this week. It's going to start today as they, as they have their presentations, I think at 6 or 6.30, and start their, uh, their own internal votes before we go to the House floor. Okay, we got a lot to get through the day in the war, in the war room. Make sure you go to birchgold.com slash Bannon. You'll start to understand what Jason Trennett's talking about. Go there and read that thing. Call your broker. Say, tell me about my government bonds. Tell me about my safe bonds. Tell me about your fees and buying those safe bonds for me. Short break. Colonel Derek Harvey joins us next. Are you prepared for the unthinkable ahead? We all need to pray for the best, but prepare for the worst. That means stockpiling emergency food before it's too late. Right now, go purchase a three-month emergency food kit from MyPatriotSupply.com. This is the nation's leader in self-reliance. Order your today by going to MyPatriotSupply.com. Every family member needs their own kit when disaster strikes. These three-month kits from MyPatriotSupply.com give you an abundance of delicious meals, providing over 2,000 calories a day. You'll have plenty to eat when everyone else is scavenging empty store shelves. Stock up now because you won't get a warning when disaster hits. Order by 3 o'clock today, and your order ships the same day for free. The unthinkable can happen at a moment's notice. So don't wait for a crisis to hit. Prepare today and become self-reliant no matter what the future holds. And remember to pray. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, MyPatriotSupply.com. Use your agency. Action, action, action. Well, speaking of the burden you were talking about, Joe, the U.S. is increasing its military presence in the Middle East after a series of suspected Iranian proxy attacks. Joining us now, NBC News national security and military correspondent Courtney Kuby. Courtney, what are these new moves? Yeah, that's right. So one of them involves an aircraft carrier strike group, the USS Eisenhower, that was already planning to head to the Mediterranean. Uh, we heard that announcement just several days ago. Well, now, over the weekend, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin has decided instead to move it more towards the Middle East, what we think of it uh, as the Fifth Fleet area, the CENTCOM area. So think of the Red Sea, the Persian Gulf, the Gulf of Oman. I spoke with a number of officials over the weekend. We don't, we don't know exactly where it's going to go, but it will be closer towards the Iraq side of Fifth Fleet, as opposed to the further west side where it would be potentially supporting Israel. Uh, that's one thing. In addition to that, Secretary Austin has now authorized a number of additional air defense systems and capabilities moving into the region. So that includes the THAAD. Uh, that's a, a ballistic missile defense system that's also going somewhere in CENTCOM. I will say the Pentagon's being pretty vague about where these systems and these individuals are going to go. There's also going to be additional Patriot battalions going in. Now, there's already Patriot systems in the region. Those are also air defense systems. But they're going to send additional systems. We don't know exactly the, the specifics of it and some of the personnel 
to operate those systems. Now, Hang in on. addition to that, we learned a I week want- or two ago that. Denver, I want to hang on to that. I'm going to come right back to that clip. i got to bring in Harvey. Um, you got to help me out here, brother. In fact, I may have to get my brother uh, on the show. Chris was in the Pacific Fleet as I was. This is uh, he, he came from the Pacific Fleet through the Suez Canal and was part of the raid on Libya, I think, in 83. I had been there in 79 in the Gulf with the first Persian when the Persians took the hostages. Derek Harvey. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Are they are are they telling me that they're going to take the Eisenhower in the shooting gallery of the Eastern Med? We have two carrier battle groups. We have the Ford and we have the uh, the Eisenhower. I think it is correct. You're going to take to get to to get to help me out here, brother. To get to because uh, you're my Iraq guy. You, to get down into the Red Sea, you got to go through the in a, in a situation like this. They're going to put. An aircraft carrier through the Suez Canal, or are they going to send it all the way around the Horn of Africa, brother? Well, they're going to take the most direct route, Steve. So, you are going to get down into the Derek, Red Sea. Here's what I don't get. Okay, okay, here's what I don't get. Here's what I don't get. You've got assets, and you can talk about it. They've got incoming all weekend from the Houthis, from all the Persian proxies, are unloading on American on American troops and American assets <clears throat> already in the region, virtually. They haven't hit Qatar yet. Austin's response is to send more troops, more carriers, more naval assets uh, into the region. Is that, and I just want to make sure I'm on and, and at the same time, they keep saying they want to stop the expansion of any kind of conflict. Is that the way, is that, is that our concept of the deterrence, sir? It is not deterrence. For the, for the people that haven't been following this, the Iranians and their sponsors, be it Hamas, Hezbollah, Iraqi Shia, militia elements, and others, have been all year long striking at Americans and the American military in Iraq and elsewhere, and it's just accelerated. The Iranians control these proxies. They don't do anything without permission from the Iranian IRGC leadership. The missiles that were fired from Yemen were given permission by the IRGC operatives there to fire. They're trying to put pressure on Israel and the United States across the board. Here's the thing. Deterrence doesn't work. These forced deployment options of sending signals about our resolve, about sending 2,000 troops to Europe to be ready, about moving some patriots and some you know, theater uh, ballistic missile defense systems, air defense systems to Saudi Arabia. These are, are good things in and of themselves, but they're not going to deter Iran and their proxies because what deters them is an actual strike like what happened to, in the killing of Soleimani. What actually deters them is taking out an Air Force base like President Trump did when the Syrian government used the chemical munitions in the north of the country. Action is what matters, and belief that you are actually going to take action if you cross a red line. And understand, Blinken and Austin have communicated a red line, that is, if you kill American soldiers or you attack American bases and kill American soldiers or civilians, diplomatic personnel, so that's the red line that we're supposedly communicating. 
But if that's a red line, that's a very dangerous. I mean, if you put more people and if you expose it, look, the troops in Iraq are, have been exposed ever since we didn't really get the forces of agreement from uh, from Biden. This thing, this my point is, we're we're putting Tinder into a place that's about to go up at the same time. And correct me if I'm wrong here. It appears that we're into the whole nation building mode of the Bush thing with with the Palestinians in Gaza. We're sh- we're shoveling hundreds of millions of dollars in there every day. No money into East Palestine, Ohio, but plenty of money to Palestine. At the it same time, do, do it seem like we're holding back. Are we holding back the Israelis from the ground campaign? We are absolutely holding back the Israelis from the ground campaign because of our concern about hostages and moving the hostage negotiation forward. We gave $100 million the other day, and in the supplemental, Steve, there's $3.5 billion designated to be given to Gaza and Hamas for rebuilding. $3.5 billion of American money going to Hamas and Gaza for rebuilding. Let that sink in for a minute. While we're holding back and the Israeli Defense Forces and putting pressure on them to provide things like water and stuff to the, the country and the people, because I call Gaza a country because it has an elected government, it runs the place, the UN international organizations work with it day in and day out. This is actually a war, and we're treating it as if it's a small terrorist incident. What, tell me about uh, Hezbollah. They're, 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 they're trying to get it on on the northern side, because as bad as the Muslim Brotherhood in Hamas are in Gaza in the south, because what you've got here is really Turkey. You got the Turks, you got the Egyptians, you got the Arabs, you got the Persians. They can give all these fancy new names and all this stuff. You got the Muslim Brotherhood, you got the Party of God in Lebanon. Oh, they've got Israel surrounded, and they're trying to drive Israel into the sea, and they think they're winning the information war. So this is not going to end. This is not going to end pleasantly. Just not, folks. You got to. These people. They got. They set a trap. You got the CCP's got a destroyer squadron down in the uh, what in the Persian Gulf. Uh, their yes, sponsors, sir. the Chinese Communist Party. What's happening with what's happening with the the army to the north in the, in the in what will be the most brutal front, the one in Lebanon. Well, Hezbollah has been probing and firing artillery and short-range rockets in the north of the country for about 10 days now. And it's been a, a low-level skirmish. Low-level, I say, but here's, the, here's the, the problem. For the Israelis, they've had to evacuate, for example, one, one small town of 20,000 people. And they have to move them back into the country, Tel Aviv and farther south, where they're being put up in, in neighborhoods and communities and in hotels. And it's a war zone up along the northern frontier. And um, IRG commander um, was just in Tel Aviv, excuse me, just in Beirut, coordinating with Hezbollah. And they continue to move more supplies through uh, Syrian airports in Damascus and Aleppo, which, by the way, Israel has been striking on occasion when they have targets that they think they can hit that have critical missile technology and munitions that are coming into the the country of Syria to go on to Hezbollah in in southern uh, Lebanon. So this is a low-level war going on all around. We got Iraqi Shia militias moving into Jordan, according to credible reports, and the Jordanians are looking the other way because they don't want to get in a crossfire here. 
We want to speak about China. So it's given your, they've got two. Yeah, frigates. go ahead. Jump in on. Tell me about the CCP. They have one frigate that they moved into the Persian Gulf, along with two destroyers. All three of those combatant ships have sophisticated air defense systems that can, if they wanted to, they could shield uh, Iran from strikes that might be coming from the Gulf or Israeli strikes that might come from that direction trying to take that southern route. Israelis and others could always fly over Iraq um, if they needed to get to Iran. But those three ships have got um, sea-to-land cruise missile capabilities that are pretty sophisticated, too. These are state-of-the-art ships. And they've got the supply tenders and other things there to support those three combatant ships. This is a signal by China that they're in this and they're trying to influence potential uh, relationships with Arab states and align with them against the United States. Well, they're underwriting the Persians. It's the, it's the long-term output deals at favorable prices, one, to de-dollarize because they're trying to work out baskets of currency. They don't have to exchange it into dollars. Right. And they basically, they underwrite the mullahs. The CCP's hands well, in the every, also the United States is on every side of this trade too. Like he said, three and a half billion dollars, ladies and gentlemen. This is why we got to fight these packages. Three and a half billion dollars go to the Muslim Brotherhood, the, ter- the Hamas murdering machine, right? The murdering machine. You can't tell me the political officials weren't in on this. I don't buy any of that. This thing was so well organized. If you're in the political operation of Hamas, you're just as guilty as the guys who took the paragliders over there, in, at least in my humble opinion. Uh, Colonel Harvey. No, absolutely right. And the United Nations knows that there's an ammo dump next to their U.N. facility. The human relief organizations know that there's a missile launch site right next to their their facility. The hospitals and the relief organizations in the hospital know that there's a Hamas headquarters planning cells and armory in the basement of that very same hospital. That information is is has been collected. U.S. intelligence knows it. Israelis know it. And so do the leadership of the civilians that are in the political entities and the international organizations that work with Hamas. Everyone knows what's going on. So, but, but people, obviously, certain people knew about this before the attack. It's just impossible to have that organized, the scale of it, the breadth of the country of where they went, the lethality of it, air, sea, land. How do we avoid, how do we avoid this being the ground campaign leading us into a bigger, broader Middle East war that we're in for 20 years and could bankrupt the country, sir? Well, I think first and foremost, we need to have an outcome. And we got to think about what is the outcome. And I think the outcome that is best for the United States and best for Israel security, but also for stability in the region is for Israel to actually be successful in dismantling Hamas in Gaza. And that's going to be a heavy, heavy, heavy lift. But anything short of that is going to be problematic for U.S. interests and Israeli interests in the region. How you get there I'm, I'm not exactly sure at this point in time. Now, that said, deterrent options and making sure that Hezbollah and Iran know that opening up an, a larger front more extensively than it's already happened is going to be met with consequential responses that are far more severe than anything that has occurred to Lebanon in the previous conflicts. 
and Hezbollah took a heavy beating in the last conflict, and they don't want that to happen. And Israel is communicating very clearly that this will be overwhelming force, and they're going to be willing to accept the civilian casualties uh, they're going to inflict. Derek, uh, hang on for a second. We're, I want to finish up with this because the pa- picture you're painting is quite grim. If that's the best case, then that's a broader Mideast war. Back in a second, Derek Harvey. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Derek, uh, Folks, a lot of folks want to support Israel, and they understand the, the, the hurdle they have. But this thing has been festering for a long time. And, and quite frankly, it's not acceptable as an ally. And I understand people say, well, this is a tough thing to say, but it's got to be said. Um, to let your guard down like that, because you're exposing us. they got to take some responsibility and some accountability. It's just not acceptable for them to have the, the Burning Man and have these kids down there and have everything going on, the IDF not ready, and have the watchtowers with the, with the no guards on them, and to have this thing overrun and the IDF not, not, not go for seven hours. I mean, we don't know. You're, you're at, they're asked, they're, we're being asked to back a play that I'm not so sure is there. I don't think these are the Jewish Spartans of the 67 and 73. Maybe they are. I've seen that IDF force, at least the footage I've seen, it didn't exactly strike me as Spartan-esque. Now, I realize they got special force and all that, but you're talking about a heavy lift of going into these tunnels. The casualties you're going to take, the civilian casualties. Also, the Persians and the Arabs and these guys are just not going to sit around and let these punches be hit. Israel has already lost the information war. They've lost the information war. Throughout Europe and in the United States, you're having now these Jewish student groups on campus, Jewish student groups. Now, they're fronts for other organizations that are being used by people, but this is a mess. And we have to be very specific about what we're trying to do as strategic objectives. Strategic objectives, because the outline, the upside outline, the case you just made is we're sucked into a massive Middle East war. In the moment that either a troop, special forces, and or airstrikes 
of American forces coming to back the Israelis, that's all bets are off of them because they're going to say, okay, you've chosen sides. You're, you're, you're backing these guys in combat. Let's get it on. It's another open-ended 20-year Middle East war that'll even be bloodier than Iraq and bloodier than Afghanistan combined. Am I incorrect in any element of that, sir? Well, one thing I would say is, you know, I share your concerns because if we go into this with a Biden-esque approach of wanting to just manage this and tippy-toe instead of being decisive, that's one one part of it. Part two is the IDF and Bibi and President, I mean, Prime Minister Netanyahu do not want American military forces engaged in this conflict. They want the intelligence, the supplies, logistical support, that type of thing. But they do not want the U.S. directly involved. That said, Israel is taking their time right now, and they don't want to rush into Gaza with the ground campaign. Keeping Hamas on edge, continuing to do battlefield preparation, pounding them, hitting command and control nodes, ammo points, firing points, etc., while keeping pressure on Hamas, that is setting the stage for what will come next. Keep in mind that we took six weeks of preparation to go into Iraq. We, we bombarded them for six weeks. And it was not as tough a situation as this very condensed area of Gaza with the tunnels and the urban terrain and having to fight through, you know, building by building, block by block. So I think that's, that's good. Concerns about the IDF. Yes, the additional time is good for the IDF to focus and get their act together. The armor forces are really good and the artillery forces are really good in, in the IDF. The Air Force is actually superb. The problem for them is their, their regular infantry ground forces, except for some of their elite units. So that's that's going to take some you know, upping of their, their game here, and the additional time will benefit them. That said, Israel is establishing its red lines and its deterrent lines, and they can handle their own. This war will not last long, in my view, if it erupts with Lebanon, because Israel will strike with overwhelming force. They're not going to play this intra-war escalatory game of I hit this, you hit that, and then we're going to escalate. They're going to hit hard with overwhelming force. And they're daring Iran to get into this because they're saying some of their ministers and former former uh, participants in the government with Benjamin Netanyahu before the unity government came into play are communicating with Tehran and letting them know that there are real red lines and that Iran will pay a heavy price on Iranian soil, and Israel has the means to do that. Derek, uh, thank you so much. By the way, I'm going to find out about this. We couldn't do a dumber thing than to send an aircraft carrier through the Suez Canal right now as a sitting duck to get to the the Red Sea and the Persian Gulf. Hopefully, if they're going to do that, either bring one from the Pacific Fleet or take it out around the Med and take around the uh, Africa. Uh, Derek, we'll get into all that later. Thank you for doing this, though. I appreciate it. I know your schedule is very busy. Where do people get to you, all your writings, and if they want you to come and speak to a group? DerekHarvey.org. That's Derek, D-E-R-E-K-H-A-R-V-E-Y.org. And, you know, I am available for public speaking, and I have a pretty full schedule, but I'm always willing to entertain new invitations. And then at, uh, at Derek Harvey 
on Truth Social and on Twitter. It's Colonel D. Harvey, H-A-R-V-E-Y. Colonel Harvey's one of the best. He'll have a big role in the uh, Ann Applebaum as we take apart the administrative state and the deep state. Uh, Derek Harvey will be the tip of that in President Trump's second term. Thank you so much, sir. Take care, Steve. Bye-bye. Remember, 202-225-3121, Tom Emmer, never Trump, so we're never Emmer. Got to do the work before today. Then you've decapitated the entire leadership team, gone in three weeks, with the specter of McCarthy over us. But at least that's gone the first uh, the first round. Chris Hoare joins us. Chris, uh, now more than ever, I think people got to start thinking about satellite phones Things are quite turbulent in this nation and the world. Where do they get them? You've got another special for us. What do you got? Yeah, Steve, we have the free satellite phone with activation on a 24-month plan at just $119 a month. And you're absolutely right. This is what we've talked about for years. You know, the this escalation in, in the Middle East could spread. Uh, we know that Hezbollah and others have been exploiting the southern border. So don't think what happened in Israel can't happen here. And the key to survival and the key to staying safe is to be able to communicate in such a disaster. So uh, check out sat123.com. That's sat123.com or 941-955-1020. Give us a call at 941-955-1020. The satellite phone will work when nothing else does. What we see in Israel is they're blacking out the cell networks. Yes, sir. Hey, hey, one second. I want to hold you through the break because I want to make sure people know what they're getting here. Quite important, not just are we building the patriot economy, we're going to make sure you're prepared for the major contingencies. We're going to take a short break. Chris Hoare is 100% right about that southern border. Back in a moment. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. 